Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, hello, and welcome to Seeking Witchcraft, Episode 1. My name is Ashley, and I'm going to be your host. So as this is the very first episode, um, I want to give a little bit of, of an introduction about what this podcast channel is going to be about. Um, a little bit of introduction about myself, and then we're going to just jump right into it. So first things first, my name is Ashley. I live on the East Coast, just right outside of Washington, D.C. I've been practicing witchcraft for a very long time. Um, I was first interested in it uh, during the second grade. (laughs) So I've been in and out with it. Um, That being said, I was raised in a very Catholic household. So my ability to interact in the craft kind of waxed and waned throughout the years, but I became very serious in my practice about three years ago. And it may not sound like a lot, but a lot has happened (laughs) in three years. I'm currently a seeker in a traditional coven. Um, I have formally petitioned for initiation and that is going to be happening uh, later on this year. So super excited for that. Um, And yeah, I don't want to call myself an expert. I think most people in this sort of thing won't call themselves an expert. Um, But I do have a pretty solid understanding of witchcraft and Wicca. And I would like to kind of help share, um, especially for those who may have Googled Wicca and witchcraft and found there is a lot of information out there. And sometimes it could be a little overwhelming. So my goal with these podcasts, as I mentioned, 30 minutes or less, just a quick introduction into witchcraft and Wicca. Um, and yeah, so today's podcast is going to be about beginner basics. Um, future episodes, I would like to cover things such as the different types of Wicca, um, a quick overview of the year, the wheel of the year, um, a talk about the different tools that are used by witches and the things I'd recommend that you should purchase if you are looking to become serious about your craft. Um, and as well as an episode on how to find a coven, what to look out for, and what to avoid. So I'm going to play a super short ad, and then we're going to go ahead and get started. So without further ado, I'm going to just jump right into it and tell you about the difference uh, with Wicca versus witchcraft. So there's a lot of debate about the definition of both, but I'm here to tell you that you do not need to be Wiccan to be a witch or to practice witchcraft. Let me repeat myself. (laughs) You do not need to be Wiccan to be a witch or to practice witchcraft. Now, that being said, (laughs) some traditions may not recognize you or acknowledge you as a witch without going through their formal initiation. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. And that's something we could talk about during a different time, um, such as the episode about the different types of Wicca. So then that leads to the next question. Well, what's Wicca? What's witchcraft? So we'll go ahead and start with Wicca. So the term Wicca was made famous by Gerald Gardner, who was the father of Gardnerian Wicca. 
Wicca refers to somebody who practices um, the religion, um, and the religion usually involves the worship of a god and a goddess, and Wiccans generally also celebrate the Wheel of the Year. Now, the Wheel of the Year is eight different Sabbaths, some of which you may have heard about. Some of the most known or well-known ones are things such as Yule, which is kind of like the Wiccan Christmas. Um, Beltane, which um, involves the Maypole. That's something that just happened now in May. Um, so Yeah, that's something that just happened um, very recently. Or um, Samhain, which when you see it right now, it looks like it says Samhain, but it's actually pronounced Samhain, um, and that is... Um, the Halloween for the for Wiccans, as you will. That is when, um, the, well, we could talk about what Samhain is a little bit later. <laughs> All right, so um, again, so just a quick overview. Wiccans generally believe in a god and a goddess. They celebrate the wheel of the year. So that being said, the word Wicca can actually trace its roots back to something a little bit older, which is understood to mean something like sorcerer. The term Wicca in regards to Gerald Gardner was also founded because during his initiation with the New Forest Coven, um, it was said that he heard something called Wicca and um, for him it meant witch. So there's a lot of different things about the word and origins of the word Wicca, but what I would tell people just as a basic understanding is Wicca is a religion. It involves the god and the goddess worshiping them and celebrating the will of the year. If you are just starting out, that is all you need to know. <laughs> you don't need to go any more in depth than that unless you are um, very interested in actually practicing Wicca and finding out more about the Sabbaths and who the god and the goddess are and things like that. So then that leads to the next question of, well, what's witchcraft? Because if you notice in the term Wicca, I didn't mention anything about performing spells or making potions or doing rituals. So I will just say this once. (laughs) You, if you are Wiccan, that does not necessarily mean that you practice witchcraft. Now that being said, probably 99% of Wiccans are involved with witchcraft. But not every single Wiccan does spell work. That's something, you know, that you just have to realize. So it's kind of vice versa. Versus you do not have to be Wiccan to practice witchcraft. Anybody can be involved in witchcraft. Anybody can perform a spell. Anybody can get connected to the the energy of the universe and manipulate it. But just as a quick overview, then what is witchcraft? So witchcraft is the practice of putting your energy into the universe in order to manipulate it for something to happen in line with your desire or your will. There's a couple different ways you could do this. Um, A lot of people, especially if they're first starting out, um, may do some very fancy spell work Um, that can involve burning a bunch of candles, burning particular herbs that have certain associations or properties with them, um, having this big long chant that rhymes every other sentence. Um, But a lot of people also just like raising energy, which involves um, or can involve dancing, running, singing, jumping, chanting, or a lot of people like myself just like meditation or visualizing my goal. Now, you don't always need to have a huge setup to perform a spell. Um, There's a meme that's gone around that you may have seen of the differences between 
somebody who's first starting out as a witch and somebody who's a little bit more advanced in it. And the meme goes that the person who's new might burn 20 different candles, burn all these herbs, have this big long chant and do their spell that way versus somebody who has been a little bit more involved. You know, they've been around the block a couple times. (laughs) The meme starts out saying something along the lines of, well, I have a jar of oregano and a bag of Cheetos. Let's make it happen. (laughs) And they do their spell work that way. Um, That being said, if you are, you know, more um, attuned with the energies is something that you've done before and you're a little bit more used to doing spell work, it may be easier for you to tap into the energy with a bag of Cheetos and some oregano (laughs) versus somebody who is just starting out. Um, But, you know, it is a meme. um, But, you know, there is some truth to be said behind it. So you don't need to have this big fancy spell, all these candles, all these herbs, though the aesthetic is nice. And, you know, if you need 20 different candles of different colors to help you get in the zone and channel your energy, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. You do you, boo. Like, do whatever you need to do. But as you go on, just know you don't have to do that. You can save your money Wicca and being involved in this craft can get a little expensive because there's a lot of different things you might want to buy in terms of books and such if you don't have ample access at a local library or a friend you can borrow from. So don't stress too much about it. We can also talk a little bit later about how to um, cut costs in terms of being involved in the practice um, in terms of you know, if you are trying to build up your supply of candles and books and things like that. But we could talk about that at a later date. So, if you're a beginner, you might be wondering, well, what are some things I could do to start being involved in witchcraft? Now, one thing I want to say in terms of this podcast, I may use the terms Wicca and witchcraft interchangeably. Um, you know, there is a distinct difference between them, but I am somebody that I do consider myself Wiccan and a witch. So when I'm saying it, I kind of refer to somebody who is both, but don't, if that doesn't apply to you, just keep that in mind that I am going to use them interchangeably, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm thinking every single person who's a witch or practicing witchcraft is Wiccan and vice versa. All right. So if you're a beginner and you're not sure what to do, here are some suggestions. I'd recommend possibly writing it down or just taking a mental note or just revisiting this portion of the podcast. So the first thing is read, 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 and then read some more. And when you're, you're sick of reading, you think you've read all the things, read more things. <laughs> um, that's probably not what most people want to hear because if you're like me, I like reading, but sometimes I just really would rather sit down and watch some trashy reality TV show instead of reading this big ass book about witchcraft, which sounds like it'd be fun, but after a while they get kind of redundant, at least in my opinion, and yeah, it it could be a chore. So I'm going to try to recommend some books that might be a little bit easier to read, especially if you're new in this. Um, The very first thing that I would recommend is reading Wicca by the, for the Solitary Practitioner. <clears throat> Wicca for the Solitary Practitioner by Scott Cunningham. That was one of the first books that I read when I started getting very serious into my practice. And I really liked that book. That book had a lot of information in it. 
and it wasn't a terrible read. Um, you know, if you don't want to be a solitary practitioner and you're going into this thinking, I want to find a coven, that's totally fine. But I would still recommend reading this book, even though it is aimed for solitary work, because even if you're involved in a coven, that doesn't mean that you don't do solitary work on your own outside of when your coven meets. So Scott Cunningham, um, Waker for the Solitary Practitioner, I 100% recommend that. The second one that I would recommend that I really liked this book. It had a lot of great information. Um, it's called The Modern Guide to Witchcraft by Sky Alexander, Alexander Sky, something like that. Aesthetically, it's a really cool looking book. <laughs> it t- totally looks like a coffee table book. If you're a millennial like me, I was like, hell yeah, this book looks awesome. I'm going to love it. And I really did like the book. Um, there's some really cool activities that she has in there. Um, she writes it in a great writing style where it's easy to read. Um, but I would recommend reading the Scott Cunningham book first just to get a brief understanding of Wicca. Um and then going into the modern guide to witchcraft um, afterwards by Sky Alexander, Alexander Sky. If you're listening to this, my bad girl. Um, <laughs> it's a great book. I, I really, really recommend it. So after you've gone through those two, um, if you were interested in more traditional witchcraft, um, I would recommend reading. Um, any book by Thorn Mooney. She is a Gardnerian um, high priestess. She has some great books out there. Um, she has a great book out there. I would definitely recommend um, her information. Uh, hers is called Traditional Week Wicca, a secret or traditional witchcraft, a seeker's guide. Sorry, I'm doing this off the top of my head. <laughs> um, I just started reading that book, even though I have been involved in a Gardnerian Seeker group for um, almost a year and a day now, but I really enjoy it. She has a great writing style. She seems very down to earth in it, and I also really like her YouTube channel as well, um, so if you're looking for some videos, I'd recommend her channel. Um, if you want something that is about paganism as a whole and something that a lot of people recommend, but it is a very thick and hefty book. Uh, Drawing Down the Moon by Margot Adler, I want to say it is, um, is another popular book. I will tell you my experience with that book. I bought the book, but I really had some trouble reading it. I really was not a huge fan of it. And I talked to the high priest of the coven that I'm currently training with, and he actually made a really good point where... Um, And something to keep in mind with all of the books you read in this topic, if you want to read things about the book and you could tell there's certain sections where you may like a little bit more or you know it's going to be a little bit more interesting than what you're currently reading, um, but you just can't get through like the current chapter you're reading. It's so boring. He made a really good point saying it's better to read some of it than to not read it at all. And if you're just reading this one chapter and it's not resonating with you, you just cannot do it, it's okay to skip it, to read something that's a little bit more interesting further on in the book. Because either way, you are still getting the information from that book. Um, And reading the section that you really want to read might actually make you go back and understand the other section or look at it with a different light if you didn't originally like it. So that was the case with me with Drawing Down the Moon. Um, <laughs> definitely some sections that I skipped because I just uh, just was not for me. 
but that's okay. Um, it's better that I read some of it versus not reading it at all. Another one, if you are interested in more traditional witchcraft, um, Witchcraft Today by Gerald Gardner. The beginning of that book I personally think is really interesting, but Gardner himself, uh, I do not think he was the best writer. This book was also written in the 1950s, I want to say, and after the beginning he kind of jumps around all over the place and it's kind of hard to follow and there's a lot of very interesting ideas in there (laughs) to say the least um but I still thought it was a very valuable read but again I wouldn't recommend that um unless you are trying to be involved with a gardenerian coven which again we can talk about a little bit later in a further episode so after you've read all the things or even before we read all things what else could you do well go on google and see if there's any local occult shops or witchy stores that are around you um, if you don't have any near you, I'd also recommend just looking on different Etsy pages. Um, but if you do have a local occult shop, I definitely recommend going in. Now, if you're like me, um, well, let me rephrase this. I was lucky that there is a plethora of stores around where I live that I can go visit. But if you're like me, for the longest time, I didn't go to these stores because I was honestly kind of scared to go, quote unquote, by myself. I was one of those people who always just wanted a friend with me. Um, but if you're kind of having that thinking, don't think that way because the people at these stores are generally so friendly and there to help you that it is fine to go by yourself, um, you know, one of the reasons why I tell people that they should go visit their local occult shop is a couple of different things. Um, first, they usually have a board in there where you can find out more information about local groups. Like maybe there's a full moon gathering group or a group that gets together on the new moons. Um, maybe a local meditation group. It's also a really good way just to get connected with the community. Um, the other thing that you can get out of these local stores is that you can kind of see what tools that they offer and that seem to be popular. So for example... Um, is a store popular? Like, do they sell a lot of incense? Do they sell a lot of herbs? Like, do people who go there generally buy a lot of crystals? Are there athamis? You know, what seems to be the most popular item that is purchased at this store? And that's something you can absolutely ask the people who run the store. Sometimes the stores actually offer full moon circles themselves, or they offer different types of services. Um, So I wouldn't discount going to your local store. They're not just a store, but they're a really good place to go for some education. So um, if you don't have any local occult shops, again, I would just recommend going online, going on Etsy, or maybe seeing what the closest one to you is, even if it's 50 miles away, 75 miles away, 100 miles away, and just going on that store's website if they have one and just seeing what they have on there. It's a good way to get an idea for what these stores actually sell in person and their online uh, site might have some information about different circles in the area, etc. So if you want to get down to the fun stuff, (laughs) there's a couple of other things I would suggest. The first would be to start practicing some sort of energy work. So with this, what I'm talking about is you want to try to figure out how do you sense energy. Now, if you are one of those hyper-realistic people, which honestly I am, <laughs> um, I would recommend doing something called a ball, and it's spelled P-S-I and then ball. Uh, I would look up on Google how to do this, but one of the ways that you could do it is you hold your hands as if you are cupping something in front of you, but kind of like as if you're making a ball of air with both of your hands. Um, 
and you kind of concentrate and after a while you can feel this energy between your hands you know if you move one of your hands you might feel the energy pressing against the palm of the other one and vice versa um i used to be super into doing this when i was a teenager because i thought it was the absolute coolest thing in the world that i can actually feel this energy um you can also do it if it's like raining for example outside it's fun to just put your hands against the window but leave like an inch or so of space and you can kind of tap into the energy of the storm um if again you're one of those realistic people and you're like that doesn't work it's in your head um energy you can't really feel it let me ask you this have you ever walked into a room and you know everybody's talking and you just kind of get this feeling like whoa like there's something wrong (laughs) like there's something heavy or wow like full of energy like I'm really excited to be here but you don't really know why you feel like that that's you sensing and picking up on the energy around it around you so don't knock it till you try it if you try a sideball and you don't succeed at first no practice it took me a long time personally to be able to get it when I was younger but I over time was able to tap into it pretty quickly um nowadays I can pretty much put my hands up if I'm in a group with people or just at home myself and just immediately feel it my hands don't even have to be touching each other or in the same direction um it's also a fun party trick (laughs) or maybe not a party trick but like a wine night activity to be in a circle with your friends and everybody put your hands out um and try to sense each other's energy like see who in the room has the really strong energy that really pulses and vibrates or who in the room's a little bit more softer, quieter. Anyway, something I would definitely recommend um, to start doing because if you are trying to be involved in witchcraft, you do want to be able to sense the energy around you um, and eventually manipulate it. So one other thing I'd recommend for beginners is try your hand at different, different forms of divination. So um, some examples of this are, of course, tarot cards. Um, but if you're like me and you're not the biggest tarot card person, I would try oracle cards. Um, oracle cards are very similar to tarot, except they are all completely different. The decks, um, some oracle decks are, um, like they work with angels or unicorns, but some oracle decks are pretty heavy hitting decks. Um, I have had two oracle decks in my life, one of which essentially ended up in my possession, and I feel like that's kind of just the way it was meant to be, and it was a unicorn deck, so it was a little bit more fluffy, but I have this deck based off this book series called House of Night um, that the deck has a lot of has some fluff cards, but has some very serious, hard-hitting cards as well. For example, one of the cards is called Deceit. And I probably pulled that card eight times in a row over a six-month span. Um, I also had a lot of friends who kept pulling that card, too. Um, And it turns out there was something related with that card with the specific friends who pulled it. So, fun fact. (laughs) So, Oracle cards are great. I would definitely look more information up about them. I would recommend just going on Amazon and getting a deck. Um, They're wonderful cards. I love them. Um, Pendulums. So you can find these on Etsy. You can find them in your local occult store. Um, They are these things that swing and you can ask it yes or no questions. If it swings in a certain direction or a certain, um, you know, left or right or up and down, that could mean yes or no. Um, You can kind of consider it very similar 
except not really, but kind of, to like a Ouija board. Um, a Ouija board is a type of divination. Um, there's a lot of controversy when it comes to using these boards, so use your own judgment with them. I personally enjoy using them, um, but I only like using them in places where there's a lot of paranormal activity, so, um, you know, it's not like I get that opportunity very often. <laughs> it's not that I seek it out either. Um, but yes, uh, pendulums are another thing. I personally don't have as much an, as an affinity with them as I would like, which is unfortunate because um, I do own a couple of them because I really like the way they look. Um, but again, not everyone's um, divination or not every type of divination is for everyone. So I have a friend who's great with tarot cards, but when it comes to things like oracle cards, it's not really her forte. It just is what it is. You can also do some scrying. So that can involve looking at into the smoke or um, if you're going to get really stereotypical, looking into the crystal ball to see the future. <laughs> no, no, no. It's actually a little bit more than that. Um, in a future episode, I can do um, an introduction about scrying and actually how to make your own scrying mirror um, in my seeking grow or my... Um, the grove that I'm currently in, the training grove, I actually did a workshop for them on how to make the mirrors, um, information about scrying, how to actually scry in my experiences with it. Um, but yes, that's using a black mirror is a very common way to do that. Um, you can sometimes find these at your occult store, but it's very simple on how to make them. So if your local store is charging anything more than 15 to $20 for a mirror, I would not recommend buying it, especially if you're just starting out with this. It's a little bit more of an advanced tool to use. If all these things seem a little expensive, you know, you can't really have money for tarot cards or pendulums or access to scrying mirrors. Um, I would recommend just starting with dream interpretation. You know, if you're one of those people who maybe you don't remember your dreams, maybe ask a friend, like, hey, what'd you dream about? And see if you could try to help break down their dream. You know, you could start small. It doesn't have to be anything big. You can also just write a journal of one thing you think is going to happen the next day. And, you know, maybe clear your mind, think about tomorrow, and just come up with one quick sentence. Like, for example... I think I'm going to see my neighbor wearing a yellow shirt tomorrow. Maybe that's the first thing that pops in your head. And just write it down. See if you see your neighbor in a yellow shirt tomorrow. You know, chances are <laughs> you might not get it right for a little bit. But over time, you know, you might be able to be on to something. So try the different types of divination. See where you can go from there. And see what works best for you. Um... The last couple things I'd recommend is checking out Witchfox. So Witchfox is a free website that tells you about local events and covens in your state. Um, they're a great resource. They are actually how I found my current seeking grow or uh, training grove. Um, so I wouldn't discount that website, even though personally I love Witchbox, but I think it needs a major upgrade for the 21st century. <laughs> it looks like it was made back in the 90s. Um, but don't discount that. That website is still very, very highly used. So I'd recommend them. Some other activities you could do, um, you just start meditation. Um, now if you're like me, I hate <laughs> the idea of sitting on a floor for a half hour going, mm, um, um, <laughs> that is so boring to me, but it doesn't have to be like that. It could be as simple as laying in your bed, putting on a meditation app for 
10 minutes before you go to sleep and then using that to relax enough to clear your mind to then fall asleep. You know, look up some different types of meditation. It doesn't have to be this big boring thing like I thought it was and which is why I did not like it. Last things I recommend is, you know, maybe start creating your altar. A lot of people put their altar in the north. Um, If you're wondering what your altar is, it's kind of like a devotional space to um, the god or goddess if you're Wiccan or maybe just to the craft. So for example, you might just clear off a little space on a bookshelf or on a table or next to your bed. It doesn't have to be north, but a lot of people use that direction. Um, and maybe put a, like a couple candles or maybe if you have some tarot cards, put your like leave your deck there and have that be your sacred space in your house. Um, I could talk a little bit about an altar, how to create one um, and how to go about all that in a later episode. Um, but I would just say start small. It doesn't have to be this big elaborate thing that you see on Pinterest or Instagram. It could just be, you know, some Palo Santo a stick of incense, and a flower you found outside while walking into your house. doesn't have to be anything crazy. The last thing I'll recommend um, is joining a Facebook group for witches. So there's a lot of beginner Facebook groups out there. I will give you a little bit of warning. Some of these groups, there's people in there who like doing the role play thing. If you find somebody in these groups saying, oh, I have like the real witch ability, I fly and this and that, but like, oh, you just have to send me some money or like this and that. Don't believe them. They're lying. They're trying to scam you in one way or they may actually believe that they can do that. And I'm here to tell you, unless you can fly an airplane with a pilot's license, witches can't fly. (laughs) We can't do things like Harry Potter or the new Sabrina or even the old Sabrina. It doesn't work like that. Um, So, you know, use your, you know, just be smart about it. Um, Be cautious when you are joining these sites. Um, Sometimes I'd recommend just lurk for a little bit before you actually um, post or anything. But if you want to post first, that's totally fine too. So that's about a half hour. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. Um, Again, thank you guys so much for listening to the very first episode. I hope this was able to give you um, some information. Again, in a future episode, I am going to be talking about different types of Wicca, how to find a coven. Um, I could do an episode on altars and what that entails, including some of the tools that witches use, and as well as a whole episode on the different Sabbaths in the Wheel of the Year. So Thank you guys so much again. It was great talking with you and I hope you guys all have a wonderful rest of your evening. See you later. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.